Hello and welcome to the After Ellen podcast. I'm your host, Jocelyn McDonald, Editor-in-Chief at After Ellen, and I am joined by Gabrielle Alejandro, one of our writers. Hey, Gabby, how's it going? It goes. How's it going with you? I am so excited about the topic of today's podcast. We are reviewing the new movie Ammonite, starring Kate Winslet and Sharza Ronan, um... And this is one of the most hotly anticipated lesbian movies, maybe ever. I mean, as far as A-list celebrities go, we haven't seen a movie with this much star power since Disobedience. That is so true. And, I mean, I definitely never thought I would see a day when I would see... Kate Winslet, one of the best actors ever, um, I, when I would see so much of her, just so much of her, um, body mm-hmm. and soul. So, yeah, I was really looking forward to this movie, and it's finally available for streaming. Um, they didn't send us a screener, despite my many um, begging emails. And, um, yeah, I mean, it... it definitely was exactly what I expected in so far as the the brooding atmospheric gray and blue um, sort of tones screamed that that this would be like a very slow moving broody romance and I kind of got the feeling with all the shots of the lonely sea that they wouldn't end up together. I didn't actually watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of similarities in the trailers just in oh, terms of like Definitely. Yeah, women in old-timey dresses looking out at the ocean. It's like what uh what could possibly be the outcome here? Right, right. Gabby, what what were you expecting walking into it? I feel like I got exactly what I expected. I feel like as soon as it started, I could pretty much guess how it was going to go to a certain extent. Um, And I mean, it was what it was, you know, it was a period piece. There was a lot of, there was a lot of them doing nothing for a lot of the the time. Well, I mean, they weren't doing nothing. They were really doing a lot of very emotive expressive uh, fossil cleaning mm-hmm. you know Kate Winslet was getting in there with her brushes and her little you know vinegar towel and her little dental tool type scrapey things and you know that fossil cleaning really said a lot <laughs> I have to say though I thought it was perfect to have a lesbian paleontologist because any, anyone who knows this, you you have to, when you find something, you have to lick it to tell if it's a rock or if it's a fossil or, or like a bone. Who, wow, who better a, than a lesbian? A <laughs> right? <laughs> better than yeah, a lesbian. Yeah, we do be licking stuff. It's true. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, and I said the same in my, uh, in my review, the you know, there's there's um, sapphic sciences, and I think that paleontology is probably one of the more lesbian sciences. Just oh, geology sure. in general. Anytime that you know you're going archaeology. your lab, archaeology, yeah, uh, forest 
forestry, wetland ecology, whenever your lab is outside, whenever the day-to-day work of data collection involves you having to wear practical shoes and fleeces, that is going to be a job that lesbians are just naturally called to. Right. If I had a dollar for every time I started thirsting over an archaeologist I saw in a documentary, I could probably fund another one of these period piece movies. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, mm -hmm. And, you know, just thinking about this, uh, this period in time, it was a time when I'm pretty sure homosexuality was literally illegal in Mm -hmm. the UK at the time. And um, obviously lesbianism was completely taboo, uh, even if not explicitly. um, Was this like, was this happening at the same time period as Gentleman Jack? Or because I was getting those. I don't know. Shall we do a quick Google? It's Victorian times. It was like this movie is set in the 1840s. And I don't remember when Gentleman Jack was was set. But of course, Gentleman Jack um, and Lister actually did get married or 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 anyway, she Mm -hmm. she had a life dedication ceremony in um, in her local church with her and. Set in the year 1832. Okay. So we're looking at... Okay. So yes, same same time period, Victorian time period. Um, Right. Okay. So, you know, one thing that we might have expected out of a period piece like this would be women who are having forbidden feelings that they are afraid to act on. Mm -hmm. And one of the really exciting things about this movie was that that was not a theme at all. There was right. no, uh, there was no hesitation for these women. They knew what their sexuality was. They knew that they were attracted to one another. Kate Winslet clearly has a history of lesbianism. She had some kind of love affair with Fiona Shaw hmm. in a in a May well, December I didn't situation. Know was in this? I was like, oh, it's you, real Hi, life lesbian Fiona yeah. Shaw. Hello. <laughs> Um, yes, and she looked fabulous. She was like this very voluptuous hedge witch, and she was, you know, giving out uh, healing sabs. You know, and- I love my witchy women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she just, yeah, she embodied um, very sensual energy. So anyway, mm-hmm. you know, she she's got her May December relationship with Fiona Shaw. At where where Fiona Shaw is the December and she's the May, and that's that's in the past, but she's clearly an experienced lesbian lover. And then Charlotte Ronan's character comes along, Charlotte Murchison. That's the name of her character. And while she is married to a man, she's clearly in a loveless marriage, and she has no hesitation when approaching uh, Marianning. Um, right. She knew what she character. wanted. She, and she was like, yeah. I'm getting this. She makes all the first moves. Yes, she does. Love that journey for her. I do. I love that journey for her. And I felt like it was really going against the stereotypical portrayal of younger women um, mm-hmm. in these type of Like in Gentleman dynamics. Jack. Exactly. And, you know, in Gentleman Jack, the younger Anne is an ingenue and she is plagued by insecurity about her 
affection and attraction to Anne. And Anne is the experienced lesbian who's, you know, only ever had love affairs with women and knows exactly who she is and knows that she wants a wife. Which sets up a weird power dynamic. But um, yeah, that was not the case at all with Charlotte. She um, she was captivated by Mary Anning from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is all playing out in this beautiful setting, the coast of Lyme, um, where the Jurassic, the Jurassic coast of England. And, you know, we have some very beautiful cinematography and we have um, excellent portrayals by the actors. You know, the actors are serving a lot of meaningful looks they're giving us a lot of eyeball is a it lot a of lesbian period piece without these meaningful longing looks honestly mm-hmm. no no it couldn't exactly. be but there's basically no dialogue there's virtually nothing said and okay. nothing is happening other than like i was saying the excavation of these fossils and that's gotta go on for jesus christ like it felt like eight years it was eight years it was pretty slow moving. And I appreciated that they're they're building up the characters, you know, they're showing us who these mm-hmm. women are. But, right, like I get um, it, like they're showing us her life and how, okay, Charlotte's going to come in and disrupt all of that. That's what mm-hmm. I was getting when I was watching all of those things happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it just felt like I kind of wanted to be doing something else at the same time like I wanted to be doing my chores or something I wanted to like you know that I felt like this was time I couldn't be getting back yeah definitely definitely especially considering how much it costs to rent it we need to talk about this first of all I don't know anyone who's seen this movie yet except for us and I think the reason for that is that it costs 20 motherfucking dollars to rent yeah which is more than you would pay for a ticket to watch it in a theater. And I don't know about you, but the theaters that I like to go to now, they have these big, fat, faux leather seats and they recline mm-hmm. all the way back. You can yep. lift the arm and like fully cuddle your girl. They serve mm-hmm. fucking alcohol and snacks like fried pickles and, you know, gourmet hot dogs and shit. Right. I want to go to a theater. I don't want to watch this shit at home. The heck? And so, and so, yeah, why am I spending $20 for this just to watch it, you know, on my TV with my crappy sound system that's not, you know, Dolby surround or whatever? I don't have dimming lights. I don't have reclining seats. It's just, it doesn't feel right to pay that much. Yeah, I was watching it on my computer. I was watching it on my TV. I was at my desk watching it on my computer. Yeah, I actually ended up watching it at my computer too, so I could do the dishes at the same time. I wasn't kidding. (laughs) I just think that there's two things that you should do every day to have a happy life, and that's make your bed and do your dishes. Anything else can can go by the wayside if you walk into your bedroom and the bed is made, you will feel so good about yourself. And if you wake up in the morning and the dishes are done, your whole day is going to be good. I I only make my bed for this. 
<laughs> to be wow, <laughs> yeah, so that I can see your bed made in the background. I'm not going to judge yeah. you, Gabby. Someday we will have a live stream of our podcasts, and you will be able to see our beautiful faces in Gabby's beautifully made bed. But that time is I not have to now, break so out. The, I, I have to break out the blanket of color right now. Wow. Yeah. Well, these are just some really pretentious lessons that I offer as a new homeowner now that I, you know, now that I, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, in the echelon of homeownership, I just know so much about how to live the good life. And it's called make your fucking bed. Preposterous flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that that was a really important tangent that we went on. But yeah, let's get back to the film. So where did we leave off? Right. There was a lot of um, brooding looks and scenes mm -hmm. of the ocean. And I would like to talk about the fact that, okay, so, so the way it went down is Charlotte and Mary go to the beach so that Charlotte can basically tag along while Mary does her thing that she does every day, which is go look for fossils. Mm -hmm. Charlotte's bored. She's sullen. She's not having it. And Mary is like, honestly, I don't care if you are here or there. Just stay out of my way. And you know what? You came to this seaside town to take the waters and whatever, like, refresh your humors because you're having – a bout of melancholia just go walk into the sea the doctor uh, diagnosed me with female is what happened <laughs> yes the hysteria and so you know it, it's got to be like four degrees out the fucking sea is baltic and mm -hmm. she walks into it she actually takes a dip so she is immediately hypothermic, basically. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but she she's not doing well. She she jumps out of that scene. She's not doing well. She makes her way back to town, shows up at at uh, Mary's doorstep, and she's got a thoroughly Victorian chill, like something that is straight out of a Dickensian novel. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just say I was ready to throw hands with that doctor. I don't oh, know that what doctor it was. I was like, I'm about to. I'm about to throw hands with this man and go back in time just to fight this guy. Yeah, well, the doctor's like, well, obviously you can take care of this woman because you're a woman and women are responsible for one another. It's your sisterly duty. It's the, Oh, it's I wrote it down. Nature. I wrote it down. A woman's position to care for her fellow sister. Oh, it's my position to throw hands, fool. <laughs> so she, Mary takes care of Charlotte and it's... It, it's a weird part of the movie for me when I think about what it means because on the one hand, it positions Mary as a sort of knight in shining armor figure. She's nursing this woman back to health. The woman is on death's door and only Mary has the sort of chivalrous attitude to go above and beyond when it's really not her responsibility. Even her mother is like, this woman needs to find a new home like you're sleeping mm -hmm. in a chair right now and mm -hmm. we don't have enough rotten eggs to feed this bitch like she needs to go right it felt very um at times like a fanfic 
Or it's like, oh no, there's only one bed. What are we gonna yeah. do? <laughs> <laughs> so there so yeah, so there's a weird thing about her about Mary taking care of Charlotte um in that this court of like courtly chivalry way. But maybe because Mary has such high walls built up around her heart, taking care of Charlotte is was the was the first step in breaking those walls down. Just I mean, opening a door, opening a window. Yeah, I mean, how did you take that? How did you interpret that part? <sighs> that part, it it did feel like she is very rough on the exterior but inside she's very soft which i could relate to because that's how people often describe me so i could <laughs> like yeah hard body soft heart okay i get it don't call me <laughs> out anymore but yeah i felt like at that moment we were really starting to see like okay she's not really this this person that we thought she was in the beginning you know, mm-hmm. or in the mm-hmm. beginning we thought, okay, she's only business. She's just, this is what it is. But then you see her like, even though she knows it isn't her responsibility, she's not just going to let this woman die. Even mm-hmm. though she was like annoyed with her the day before. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was just, she, she still went and took care of her. What is less sexy than the nurse relationship like i know that's obviously so many people's fetish the nurse patient relationship but in in actual point of fact like what is less sexy than taking care of someone who can barely breathe and is like clammy and sweating and going in and out of fever and actually can't even get up and you know bathe themselves like that is a very strange precursor to a love story but that's where we start yeah so I felt like for that it was it was really more about Mary just like showing that Mary is does have this soft heart or you know is capable mm-hmm. of being like that. So mm-hmm. I thought that's what that was for. Yeah. So Charlotte gets better and she perks right up. Mhm. And she is immediately um actually not immediately. She has this weird spell. Of the yeah, melancholia, the melancholia. Yeah, she, yes, yeah. She drops some. Uh, she drops a bucket of coal that she was supposed to be collecting to make a fire with, and she just loses her fucking mind about it. Mm-hmm. I really I- hated that too. Like, how could Mary be attracted to someone who lost their shit over some spilled coal? Mm-hmm. It was pathetic. Right. Uh, on the one hand, I guess I can kind of get it because that's, I mean, I've, that's happened to me where if I've been bottling up a lot of, I've been bottling up a lot of emotions and then suddenly, you know, I'll drop a glass and then mm. that's it, you know, like I'll just go and I'll cry mm. for like three hours. Yeah. She cried like her mom died. Yeah. It was, it was an ugly cry and it lasted for a long time. Right. It just mm, positioned her as sort of childlike. Yeah, that's exactly what I was uh, getting at. Was it it didn't feel like that was the right place in the story for it because we were starting to like move into you know how are they going to get into the romance right? And then this happens, Uh so it feels a little. And I feel like it really to me, um, 
highlighted their age difference a lot more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah, because Charlotte feels like Mary's ward. You know, Mary would never have a ward because she's not in the, like, landed gentry class as far as Mm -hmm. victorian class politics but like that is how charlotte was acting right you know this invalid completely dependent it was very much um a hierarchical relationship but they broke out of it yeah they definitely did i guess Mary had faith in Charlotte's independence and in her verve for life that she wasn't Mm -hmm. chronically melancholic. She just had trauma and hurt feelings. Mm -hmm. And in, you know, in believing in Charlotte, maybe Charlotte started to believe in herself again. Maybe. And also her husband is like an absolute dipshit so <laughs> yeah. he's clearly her abandoned her like he's clearly not caring for her like at all so you know then somebody comes in and does start caring about her mm-hmm. right yeah and so she, this is like a whole new part of her opens up where she's like i'm i'm worthy of someone's affection and attention mm-hmm mm, that's a good point yeah okay that's a good point that is partly i think yeah, you're right. That's how she switches from the that um, invalid status to being more on Mary's level. Yeah, call me pencil baby. I got points. <laughs> I I think we can cut the, that. That uh, one bad. of the things. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things in the movie that I can't stop thinking about is in early in the movie, uh, Charlotte and her dipshit husband go out for dinner and dipshit husband orders for her and he orders Mm. for himself like 15 things off the menu he's he's ordering like a thanksgiving level feast for his own self including like a you know rare steak that he wants to eat like you know salt and peppery and um then he orders her like a white fish with potatoes but no butter or something. I don't. I don't remember what it was specifically, but like it was definitely raw, just give her a raw fish. potato, please. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't stop thinking about that because I feel like that—that's the sort of thing that a doctor would recommend for a woman suffering from hysteria. You know, don't let her eat anything provocative, but also mm-hmm. um, just the uh, 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 him ordering for her. <laughs> was so ready to throw so, hands. So gross. I hate that. Uh. Name yeah, one man was... in this movie I would not fight. <laughs> I know, right? Well, there really weren't that many men in the movie other than him. Where I mean, what other men? There weren't somebody who some... him and the doctor. Yeah, somebody the doctor. Fuck that doctor. He had a crush on Mary too, which was like delusional, oh, yeah. right? Stop the huge <laughs> like, gay. Sir, are you lost? <laughs> How did you get here? <laughs> right? Then they then they start to fall in love. And it's really Charlotte who takes the reins there. Mm-hmm. And I think I think at this point we need to talk about the sex scenes now. Cause you just time. sat there time. and <laughs> let me see this. I was I was so caught off guard. 
And you didn't yeah, say we didn't a watch goddamn the movie. We didn't watch the movie together. I watched it on Monday night and I just texted Gabby like, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what I watched and I'm not okay. And then I left it at that. And then you watched it the next night. Uh-huh. And I was like, first of all, I need a minute. I need a, I just need like a minute to process Mm-hmm. What I, what I've just seen. So let's let's start with the first sex scene because there the were the first two. sex scene. Okay, let's mm-hmm. start with the first one. Okay. So I mean, I feel like I would have also reacted the same way Mary did. Honestly, yeah. Charlotte comes in for a, like a chaste goodnight kiss, but like she has plans to give her the real the business kiss. Uh huh. And and then it's just on. They like go on. They're like, it went zero to 60, right? In a second. Yeah. And I feel like movies always do this in love scenes where they go zero to 60 and both people are coming within like 42 seconds because, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to convey the idea in the love scene that they're getting maximum satisfaction. And and it's just so passionate that it happens that quickly. And that's not really what happened here in terms of zero to 60. I feel like it was the intensity level happened that fast. Yes, definitely. There was something about the way that they were reaching for one another's bodices. You know, they're wearing these like um, Victorian bodices and big Mm -hmm. bustled skirts. And there was something about the way they reached for each other's torso that was just like, oh, that's that's gay. Like, I don't know. It was like... Yeah, it was like I feel like in in movies so often when lesbian affection is portrayed the wrong things are focused upon and in this it just felt like they were so desirous of one another's entire bodies. That's what I mean when they when I say they went for right. each other's torso. It wasn't just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, let me let me put my fingers in your hair. Let me grab your cheeks and kiss you all over. Oh, let me get a little ear nibble it was like i want your whole fucking body right now between (laughs) my legs (laughs) sometimes it just be like that you know Mm -hmm. yeah for kate winslet it was like that she went under the skirt pretty much right away the thirst was too real for Mm -hmm. her during that yeah okay yeah mary um throws her up on the table and starts eating her out and both of them are still wearing all their clothes Mm -hmm. and while it was happening i just felt so uh, electrified (laughs) by the whole thing and i i was like this is not okay like i i can't I can't allow men to see this film. I can't allow this film to exist in a world where men also can watch it. Right? Because this is a lesbian only event. This is a lesbian only home. event. Yeah. Um, this is for us. And, and it then, was and then and then the second sex scene. 
Oh God. That well, you for, just I, you just sat yeah. there and let me die. I know. I know. Well, how could I tell you? I couldn't give away the whole fucking movie. Because this other thing, like, I needed you to sit through the boring eight hours of stolen glances and brooding atmospheric cinematography so that you could appreciate the penultimate scene of this movie which is really worth it it is worth the boring parts <laughs> um, I think so. in, in every way i lost my goddamn mind i lost my fucking mind i'm not okay it's been like three days and i'm not okay I can't even. I was trying to watch an interview with Saoirse Ronan last night, and I couldn't. I couldn't even get through it. I was like, "Well, now I'm just like replaying this scene in my head." <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first, a little background on the scene. So it was, you you know, in, in the production schedule, Kate Winslet saw that the sex scene was scheduled for a certain day and she realized that it was close to Shorza Ronan's birthday and she was like what if we reschedule this to be on her birthday it'll be her birthday present and it's going to be so exciting for her you know she's never done a sex scene like this and obviously like when she's talking about when Kate Winslet is talking about this all I can hear is Oscar bait you know like Mm -hmm. I'm giving you the gift of a little gold statuette bitch like okay okay we get it our love is your oscar nom but then when you actually see it you're like oh yeah okay okay yeah okay. i get it this is, i get okay. it this is way beyond uh award season we'll say that i also read after the fact that the sex was choreographed by the two of them and i think that makes a big difference because and i said this in my review it did not feel particularly male gaze influenced right um maybe in part because the director is a gay man um, maybe so his his male gaze is is coming from a little bit of a different place but it didn't feel um it didn't feel pornographic in so far as pornography Lesbian pornography is made for het males mm-hmm. to wank over. And it really has nothing to do with lesbian sexuality or what lesbians actually do in bed. It doesn't have anything to do with the agency of the women or the pleasure of the women. In fact, it's usually quite obvious that the pleasure is entirely faked. Mm-hmm. And in this scene, the pleasure seemed very real. It seemed like they were definitely for how, real fucking. How do you – I don't even think we've mentioned what the fuck happened. Well, we <laughs> – uh, yeah. I mean, I just don't even know how to tell our listeners. I hope that no one who's listening to this hasn't seen it yet because it's really going to destroy it. I mean, the spoilers are out of control here, but – Right. We, Gabby? We just have to watch it. Yes. I mean, do you want to – do you want to – do you want to – what you're just gonna let me sit here <laughs> and wait for you to say it? I know that you want to be the one that says it. <laughs> the one to say that Sir Sharonin sat on Kate Winslet's face? You guys, it was fucked. It was so real. Like I I'm not okay. <laughs> I saw that and I just saw myself and I have sat on so many faces and I've had so many 
women sit on my face and it was just the most real <laughs> sex I've ever seen on film. I, I honestly felt like I felt like someone had stolen into my room <laughs> while I was sleeping and like plucked the thoughts out of my head. <laughs> like, how did you do this? No, and you made a good point um, when we were talking about it after I died, but mm-hmm. that while that was happening, um, Kate Winslet's character was also pleasuring herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was, I felt, really important. Yeah, and I feel like that is so different from the way that heterosexual sex is always portrayed because even when women are experiencing pleasure in het love scenes in movies that that pleasure is usually coming from being dicked down by like someone who's you know capable with his penis I don't know you know you don't see like you don't really see like women touching themselves much during these sort of love scenes and so Shorza Ronan is sitting on Kate Winslet's face and Kate Winslet is touching her own vulva which i mean you don't see her vulva you just see her hand you see yeah. boobs you see hand you don't you don't actually see any genitalia i mean it's yeah. gratuitous it's not it's graphic but it's not pornographic yeah exactly um but yeah and i feel like that also speaks to a lesbian specific sex which is that it is impossible to pleasure mm-hmm. a woman without feeling the pleasure in your own body so strongly that of course you like i feel pleasure it, it, knowing it, it, that you feel good mhm mhm yeah yeah just um i don't even know i'm losing words i i have i have no way to articulate <laughs> what this feels like well if you want to compare it to if we could just compare it to um the lesbian sex scenes and other lesbian period Mm -hmm, pieces mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. one felt very different from say um the handmaiden i really enjoyed the handmaiden i love the plot and the story and i love the ending i but the sex scenes in that movie felt like too much for me Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, I know that they said that uh, the this, the actresses were okay with it, and like this is what they wanted to do, and like nobody else, horny. Was, yeah, and nobody else was in the room or whatever. But it still didn't feel; it just felt like it was too much, you know. Mm-hmm. This felt like the right amount, and exactly yeah, what I. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It felt like the right amount, but, like, could you imagine, like, knowing that your mom had watched this movie? Like, I would die if I, if my, if I found out my mom saw this. Nope. Nope. I don't think any man should be allowed to see this. I think that they should, like, make a lesbian-only event. (laughs) They need to take cheek swabs before they permit (laughs) you to, to stream this movie, like... XX only, y'all. This is a very private affair. Oh, definitely. Like, I just, Um, I think that's one of the other things. It's like, I want movies like this, but at the same time, I don't want men watching it, you know? Well, I don't want them to know our secrets. 
I don't want oh, anyone yeah. to know our secrets. These Do are we the even know our mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I know a lot of secrets. I have one brain I, cell. Uh, Please be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel like an expert on sex. I feel like I'm. I've got a black belt in this shit, and that. Uh, it disturbed me knowing that like Kate Winslet knows all the same moves as me. <laughs> She's got, <laughs> she knows it all. No, how she? You know what? You mentioned earlier that they choreographed this. Hmm. Hmm. Audience, you cannot see <laughs> Gabby's facial expression, but she is indicating that that she knows things yeah it would be impossible for kate and shorza to have known so much without knowing some things right right and, you know i really wish you guys could see how much work my eyebrows are doing right now they're doing a lot of work they're doing overtime yeah i mean god i mean and this is making me think like do heterosexual women know things too like do they know these <laughs> do they know things too did they face it <laughs> oh my god and it's i mean i don't i doubt any heterosexual women are listening to this but if there are what do you know yeah i know it probably makes me sound really fucking ignorant and like i mean it's just that when i was bisexual I wasn't having satisfying sex with men for obvious reasons um, because I wasn't really bisexual. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I definitely have never, you know, sat here and thought, gosh, what are the heterosexual women doing? How are they, how are they getting along? How are they getting their orgasm needs met? definitely never occurred to me that they might be doing exactly what we're doing right cause i i just don't think about it it wasn't <laughs> until you brought it up that i was like should i be concerned yeah they know about face sitting too this is blowing my mind god i know i know i sound so ignorant i'm sorry to all the bisexual women or all the heterosexual women who might be encountering like my <laughs> stupidity here I, I know how dumb i sound but I was just shocked. Are you telling me you called me literally, literally the second that, that scene <laughs> ended? And I was like, how did because, she know? Because you texted me the funniest fucking meme I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it, and I need you to make this a meme for general consumption. But it was a gif of, of women doing a... Con- concerned face oh yeah i know i know what you're talking about yeah it well why don't you tell them what it said Uh, let me pull it up because i remember the 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 meme i don't remember what i said okay i remember what you said it said face sitting in your lesbian period piece it's more common than you think (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah i thought about that a lot um yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was a, I don't know. I don't know. There's just so much silence in this because we're just 
what can we say? <laughs> floored. Floored. I'm fucking floored and I'm not going to be over it. And I felt like that. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I mean, so many, there's been so many lesbian period pieces. You know, in 2018, we had Colette with Kira Knightley and she had a butch lover in that. And I actually went to the bathroom during the sex scene because I had snuck in so many beers with my girlfriend that I couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Tell me if I missed anything. Because it's another like kind of slow plotless mm-hmm. period piece. Of course, I, the minute I left that that's when they have the sex scene. So I don't actually know what happened. But then we had we also same year we had the favorite with uh, superstars. Um, God, that woman's won so many BAFTAs and I can't remember her name now. Um, she's in Peep Show, which is my favorite show ever. Coleman, Olivia, Olivia Coleman. Mm-hmm. And wasn't fucking Rachel Weiss in that one too? She was in that yeah, one. Yeah, she was. Um, right. And so there was some um, lesbianism in that movie. Uh, same year we had... Um, we had the Lizzie Borden movie, Lizzie, starring Kristen Stewart, and I forgot about that one. Um, Chloe Sevigny, who is um, su- both of those women are such crushes for me. Um, and that was pretty steamy. There was some good sex in that, if I recall. Um, it wasn't really the focus of the film. The film was more about the murder. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and then we had um, Wild Nights with Emily the year before, which was a period piece about Emily Dickinson. And that one wasn't super graphic. That was really a biopic that was focused on Emily, and it did tell the story in detail of the of her lesbian life, which was lost to history because her, literally her letters were hand erased by mm-hmm. um, her sister-in-law after her death. Um what else we got? We got that. We got the portrait of a lady on fire, which I never saw. Um, did you? But you saw it, right? I did see it. And yeah. it, and the sex was sexy. There wasn't really a sex scene in that one. Oh, oh, yeah. oh! It was kind That's of like allowed? <laughs> I, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, kind of but like wasn't that Oscar fodder? You saw them in bed together, but they either had already finished or just didn't Mm. start yet so Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean face sitting wow it's more it's more likely than you think i just i wasn't ready for it and i'm and i honestly and i'm i'm just part of why i'm not okay still is because no one has seen this fucking movie yet. And I'm sure it's because lesbians are poor as shit and we're not like about to shell out $20 to watch a movie on our laptops. But right. I need people to talk about this sex scene. I need to be, I need, I need people to be talking about this movie. Well, I hope they're going to be not talking okay. about it after, you listen, after they listen to this. <laughs> well, if they listen to this, then they're going to have, then it's going to be ruined. It's oh, going to be that's spoiled true. for them. I have to have watched it first. You know, one thing that I, I'm kind of anticipating is the drama on the internet. I'm waiting for drama to unfold, arguments to unfold about whether this movie, whether this scene was exploitative mm-hmm. or not. And, you know, we, we, we've been over this, the question of whether or not it was pornographic is 
is answered when you break down the elements of objectification, enforced femininity. Are there gender roles going on? Are people are are the women, you know, performing receptivity or are they performing agency? These are all the things mm-hmm. that I'm asking myself to in order to determine if the male gaze is influencing this choreography and the and the the cinematography itself, the framing of the shots. And what I arrived at was that it was not pornographic, that it was necessary to show it. In fact, that it was necessary to show it exactly as they did because Mm -hmm. the rawness of it, the tenderness of it, the emotionality of it is the only explanation for what happens to the characters next because they fall more deeply in love through this kind of sex, this incredibly intimate, no holds barred, just completely vulnerable, giving themselves up to the pleasure of the moment, sex, they are transformed. They're both transformed. And and Mary is out here probably thinking of what it would mean to live another life. And Charlotte straight up is determined to live another oh, life, you know. For sure. Like her stupid, useless, dipshit husband comes back and she's like, how about we never talk again and I invite Mary to live in our house? Right. And be- <laughs> Fucking old timey U-Haul. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. It was an old timey U-Haul. And Mary, I'm sure, would love to go there with Charlotte, but it would come at the expense of her career and her contributions to science, which are hardly over at that point. You know, she's been discovering uh, skeletons since she was eight years old. She's been out there, you know, she's, yeah, she found the first ichthyosaurus when she was 12. The first, the first complete ichthyosaurus, y'all, like literally the animal had Mm -hmm. not been typified until she as a 12 year old girl found a complete skeleton. So she's married to ammonites. Like she lives for fossils. She can't, um, however deep her passion for this woman is, however much it's given her, this love has given her a reason to live again. Mm -hmm. She cannot you know, abandon her avocation. So I feel like that's also a thing that um, the movie makes us think about is if you were in that situation, you know, like mm-hmm. if you were in, in, in either position, like would you give up your career, your passion, the everything that you've been living for, for somebody that you love? And, mm-hmm. you know, like what would you do? How do you, how mm-hmm. could she possibly reconcile this? I think that sex like that makes you think thoughts like I would give up everything for this person, which is the which is the scary thing about super good sex. It makes you think thoughts that are bad for you. It makes you think that it makes you think that love is the only thing in the world that matters and that this person that is, is worth, the like, power of lesbianism, baby. Yes. Yes. And that's why the sex scene had to be as powerful as it was. Because also, I need you all that- to know that I hurt my wrist and I just did that clapping and I now I regret it. <laughs> oh no. And how did you hurt your wrist, Gabby? You know what? Don't worry about it. It's not about too, me. Right too many push-ups. It, okay. it ain't about me right <laughs> <Okay>. now. <laughs> Getting too cut. Okay. <laughs> Got it. It ain't about me right um, now. 
<laughs> so yeah the without without that penultimate scene then it would not be as tragic that they don't that they don't make a break for it together that mary doesn't decide to move to london and be with charlotte mm-hmm. in her fucking weird mansion with her fucking like, okay, servants you mentioned, you mentioned you had a crush on kristen stewart earlier right so if she came yeah, into your totally. life and was like okay you know pick up all your stuff we're gonna move to la or wherever she lives what mm-hmm. would you do i'd be like completely against it ha- I mean, she has horrible posture <laughs> like I, th- I i think she's beautiful but i don't think that she she doesn't have butch swagger she would never Harry be able russell to in the americans carrie russell in the americans okay i would blow my life up for carrie russell in the americans holy shit i would leave everything behind you, sis. <laughs> okay okay i got um, you yeah yeah you yeah you did so not for Wait, what was your question? <laughs> I mentioned Harry <laughs> Russell and the Americans. You just your brain cell just shuts down. Yeah. Um, no, but what was your point? Like the point is the point is would I, would oh right would I end my career for a woman? <laughs> would I walk away from my whole life? Yeah. I mean, if Carrie Russell could teach me to be a spy, then it would all be worth it. Mm -hmm. Writing is the hardest job in the world. (laughs) Ask any writer and they will tell you that this is the hardest job in the world. I would much rather be a Soviet spy. Bro, every time you call me a writer, I'm like, is she sure? She's talking about me? (laughs) You're my favorite writer. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) I'm going to cry. What's happening? So who so would you leave your life behind for Max from Black Sails? Um if you had asked me that last year I'd probably say yes, but like you know uh, that another woman came in to the to the picture, but cuz Max from Black Sails that's like 17 fucking 15 or some shit. Another like, period piece. Yeah, no, I'm going to hard pass on that. Mhm. Um yeah. Okay. But if it so, was, if it was yeah. like if it was Irene from Red Velvet and she told me, "Oh, there you go." <laughs> like, would I leave my life in LA and fucking to head to be South a Korea for Red Velvet? <laughs> yeah. What a, I can carry all your things. Don't even worry about it. Mhm. Does she play the guitar? She who? Irene. I think so. I think she does. I've seen pictures of her holding one. What if you to started another band like do you know what's funny is i'm wearing a shirt i'm wearing a shirt from her subunit right now uh i okay yes Uh uh-huh and what what are they called again it's just irene and silgi it's the i and the Uh, s irene and silgi right in in an ampersand it's cute so yeah i mean i could see you doing like an indigo girls thing with irene where it's yeah, like she, her main thing is K-pop, but then she has this whole other side of her. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like um, Chris Gaines and Garth Brooks. You know, he has mm-hmm. to have this. He has to have this alter ego. It's like um, that would be you. You guys could have a folk duo together. Thank you for your confidence in me. <laughs> I mean. I- uh, you guys, if you don't follow Gabby on 
Instagram, then you wouldn't know that she's done a finger picked acoustic version of these games. You watched games. it? Oh man. Yes. Of course I watched it. I never miss any of your stories. <laughs> oh no, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's just because no, that was really good. That, that was the first time we went on such a tangent, but that was the first time I, I played guitar since my accident. So that's like Yeah, first- I know. And I was really proud of you. And it sounded very good. It didn't sound like you're a person who has limited mobility in your fingers. I, I yeah, it's honestly, um, they are the whole reason that I got back into music. I don't know what it what it was that just clicked with me. Wow. Specifically, yeah. That is so sweet. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, so you yeah, leave well, it all behind for Irene from Red Velvet. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. She's not going to listen to this, so it's fine for me to say. Yeah, that oh, is God, That also but reminds I mean, if me, she- bringing it back, there was that scene where <laughs> after they went to the music recital and Sir mm-hmm. Ronan's character takes Mary's diary and start, or whatever it was and starts <gasps> reading what she wrote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A poem? <laughs> Gabby, you're frozen. You're frozen. Oh no! My am I? I haven't even let it go yet. What do you mean I'm frozen? Say it again. Um, No, you're back. You're Um, back now. She stole her journal and read her poetry aloud. The intimacy of it all. Like I was. Mm -hmm. If somebody did that to me, like if I, I, I don't know that I could handle it. A girl did that to me once and I was like, are we in love forever now? What does this mean? Was this the most was this the most intimate thing that's ever happened? That it was We me- weren't in love, guys. We weren't okay. in love and it and it didn't last. But- that sucked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> but um <clears throat> Yeah, for me that was so that was so intimate to have someone mm-hmm. She didn't even resist that much. She was kind of like a little bit, but then she just like let it happen, you mm-hmm. know, to she, allow she someone to be seen to read your most intimate mm-hmm. thoughts back to you, you know. And it's about mm-hmm. it was about her, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't have any problem saying to you that Irene's laugh to me is when sunshine hits my face after I've been stuck inside and it's been raining. For weeks that's how it right wow. like i don't have wow <laughs> i don't have a problem saying that to you because it's like you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me and you're gonna call me a fucking meatball and then we'll move on right but like but if, if i but if i read heard you yeah if i i don't think i could even talk to her to be honest honestly i think you should shoot your shot with irene okay, if, the, if, if, if i know i'm sorry get out of okay. your part so annoying <laughs> um right okay so you know a lot of people give uh any kind of lesbian media where the characters don't wind up together in the end they give that a hard time because we we've seen it hundreds of times and it essentially mm-hmm. is a failure of imagination on the part of the producer or the writer or whatever to mm-hmm you know to imagine that these women could be happy together could have a future together and i felt like this was a completely different ending than that i was not disappointed with the ending yeah i feel like because we knew beforehand 
like this there, there was no way they could possibly because this is based on you know a real person right so there was no way so there really wasn't any disappointment in that because i knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. if that yeah well, I mean, I didn't. I really thought maybe there was a way they could be together. I'm just a disgusting uh, romantic, and I've been raised on a steady diet of you're rom-coms. Telling, you're telling me about disgusting romance? <laughs> you just hear what I said about this woman's laugh? <laughs> yeah. So I wanted... I wanted Mary to stay put and do her fossil thing and Charlotte to come back in the summers and they would have summers together. So Mary could still focus on her work, but then Charlotte would, you know, she could help out around the curio shop. Obviously she would never like lower herself in class position to become Mm a, it's just not likely that she could have divorced her husband. I don't even know if Mm -hmm. if it was like possible to, to divorce her husband back then. Certainly um, it would have been a scandal if not outright illegal um, for for her to just be like, no, I'm leaving you for a woman. Um, but, you know, she could have been like, oh, I need to take the sea air again because of my melancholia. My persistent right. melancholia is back. I'll see you in I'll see you in November. Three months, you know. Yeah. Stop it, Bart. Go mm-hmm. away. Stop it, Bart. Oh, my God. You need to get off the table. He has things to say about the movie. Let him speak. <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. Okay. The cat knocked the microphone down. Okay. Yeah, but that that was a that you know, <clears throat> their their ending was better than my ending. My ending's kind of dumb. But yeah, Gabby. Well, um, if you could, okay, if you could do a lesbian period piece, what mm-hmm, would you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so you have asked me a, a, a question similar to this at the end of every podcast, and I feel like it always has something to do with Carrie Russell and the Americans. And I know who yeah. I am, so I don't <laughs> feel bad about it. But like, yeah, if I could do a period piece. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. And I know I've mentioned this too before in the past. Um, Mrs. America has this, you know, these second wave feminist characters. So I would like my period piece to be set in the second wave. I would like it to be like radical feminists with like long, goofy hair and silly glasses, you know, um, extravagant mm-hmm. glasses and radical politics and bad attitudes and man hating, all of that. And then combine it with the capers and thriller and and spy stuff. So, yeah, same same old shit. You know, it gets me going. Yep, yep. I can't say I'm too surprised. Mm-mm. How about you? If I could do a lesbian period piece, um, you know what? I actually mentioned one in an upcoming article that I hope you guys read about lesbian holiday movies that we'd like to see, which is um, way back in like ancient Ireland or some shit, you know, and they're doing, yeah, just like, you know, me and my ancient cultures Mm -hmm. love a good ancient thing, but 
yeah so, so this would be like a solstice uh a, yeah like equinox, winter, obviously it's gonna be like winter solstice stuff um mm-hmm. so yeah i'd like to see that but i guess the main thing that i want to see is something where homophobia isn't really like the huge issue right because i yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. i'm getting that every day i want something I different I'm yeah exactly so yeah. the conflict could I'm be bored. like two warring clans or something right Ooh. Right? Yeah. Or let's do, let's, Warrior let's go with, queens. Let's go way back. Let's go way back to ancient Greece. You know, I had to. Ooh. Right? Yeah, I did know that actually about you. So let's do uh let's do Sisters of Artemis. Why not, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. get let's get Sappho in there doing some shit. Ugh. Yes. Yeah, and so <clears throat> you know, period pieces are all about the costumes and the set. I mean, what are you thinking? Are you thinking like low budget? Are you thinking art house? Are you thinking like, I not to brag, accurate? not to yeah. brag, but I feel like I would look great in ancient Greek armor. Oh, I agree. Yeah, you. <laughs> I mean, it would very much complement the and 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 because it's like armor, you know, it's flexible. Unlike your shirts that are about to rip open from the <laughs> from the size <laughs> of your flex. First of all. <laughs> Your armor would be much more accommodating. My shirt isn't that tight. It's because I washed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's because you washed it. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. I feel like at some point we're going to start doing like lesbian workouts. But anyway. Um, Sorry, but you cut out. Can you say that entire thing again from where i lost you was it's because you washed your shirt yeah that's i just agreed with you that that's definitely <laughs> oh, what okay. happened here um yeah well, that's watch out for after lesbian workout <laughs> series <laughs> yes we should have a lesbian workout series oh my god i could get cut too do you know like a trained like trainer or something let's do this let's get it done no, I'm saying you should do it. You should yeah. host the after Ellen. Yes, you're very ripped. I feel like I'm not as beefy as you all think that I am. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's just because in comparison to me, who's not beefy because I don't exercise anymore because there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to do. Yeah, who could be bothered at this point? <laughs> I mean, I get out on the weekends. I do my long distance hiking. I'm not a complete slug, but I'm not like, you know, going out rock climbing three times a week and doing my Krav Maga. (laughs) I'm literally sitting on my ass. I'm so lucky if I do like three yoga stretches per day. That would be a really big day for me. Sometimes I don't even stretch. Don't be like me. Stretch every day, guys. (laughs) <laughs> make your bed do your dishes and stretch <laughs> exactly do your laundry um cool okay well have we got anything else to say about this movie uh no i think i'm good it's a nice long podcast might be time to wrap it up all right cool well thanks everybody for listening um we hope you liked it and if you did or if you didn't you know let us know give us a comment um leave us a review in itunes like share subscribe tell your friends and um did i miss anything uh, every, every we're on every platform just you know we're, we're we're writers we're 
we're in desperate need of validation constantly. Just, you know, don't forget about us. Just, just let us know what you think. (laughs) We have incredibly fragile egos. No, it's not that bad. It's not that dire. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. And yeah, this has been the After Ellen Podcast. Can't wait to uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye.